0: Chicago has reached a breaking point. Outgoing Mayor Lori Lightfoot declared a state of emergency on Tuesday that was in response to the many thousands of migrants seeking refuge in the city. And experts anticipate more will follow, with Title 42 ending today. That's the pandemic-era immigration policy that allows for the immediate expulsion of migrants across, crossing into the U.S., rather. Now, before that policy ends, President Biden has issued a new rule denying migrants asylum who try to cross the U.S.-Mexico border without first applying for asylum online or seeking protection in another country that they pass through. So what impact will this have on migrants arriving in Chicago and what will happen to the thousands of migrants who are already here, many of them struggling to access resources and shelter? Elvia Melagon is a social justice and wage gap reporter for the Chicago Sun-Times. Welcome
1: back, Elvia. Thank you so much for having me again.
0: <laughs> yes, of course, we've been talking to you a lot because so many new developments in this in this case here. like I mentioned, the mayor's now issued an emergency declaration. The city's just trying its best, I guess to to manage this growing crisis. So talk more about the number of migrants that have arrived in Chicago in the, in the recent months.
1: Yeah, we know that since about late August, there's been more than 8,000 immigrants who have been arriving here. Many of them are from South America, and we know that many of them are here in the U.S. because they are trying to seek asylum.
0: Yeah, Chicago struggled to provide them with food and housing and several other resources. What solutions, though, have officials been turning to?
1: Yeah, so, well, this emergency order, it's basically going to allow the chief procurement officer um, to have more purchasing power, similar, basically similar to what we saw during the coronavirus pandemic and how the city responded. It's going to allow city department heads to undertake efforts to address this crisis and organizations that are working with the immigrants on the ground are hoping that this means a faster allocation of direct services to the people at the center of Mm -hmm. this crisis, because as we've seen photos of folks Um, sleeping on police stations while waiting for shelter beds.
0: Yeah, to that end, officials have tried housing migrants in abandoned schools. They've sent them, to your point, to to police stations. They faced a lot of backlash for that as well. Other possible solutions included Navy Pier or the uh, McCormick Center. So what has the mayor said about those suggestions?
1: Yeah, that's correct. Um, We heard from some um, older, older people who Thought that might be a better solution, but it seems like, um, at least for now, it doesn't seem like that's on the table. Um, So they're trying
0: to advocate for Navy Pier or McCormick Place?
1: Correct. But Mayor Lori Lightfoot said that just was not a feasible option because those locations are so busy with events going on. Um, But we'll see if that changes with the new administration.
0: Let's bring another voice into the conversation with us, Elvia. Elena Olea is the Associate Director of Programs at Alianza Americas. Welcome to Reset.
2: Hello. Thank you.
0: So officials are expecting the number of asylum seeking migrants to increase as, as I mentioned, Title 42 ends today. Remind us what that policy is and what it does exactly.
2: Title 42 uh, was a measure undertaken by the Trump administration during the pandemic that closed the border for anyone who was trying to seek asylum. As a result of it, For over three years, the border has been closed for anyone who arrives at the border and says, I need protection, with some exceptions, some exceptions by nationalities like the Ukrainians and the Russians, some exceptions for unaccompanied minors, for people traveling with small children. Mm. Uh, And so the end of this, uh, of Title 42 tonight, will mean that anyone can come to the border and can claim that they want to seek asylum. The problem, though, is that a new asylum and eligibility rule has been uh, approved by the, by the Biden administrations. And so many of those people who are waiting at the other side of the border, who believe that now they can seek asylum, are going to find that they are not eligible because they did not follow the procedure, because, as you said, they did not seek sought asylum in another country yes. en route to the U.S., or because they did not use this CPB1 app to apply for an appointment at the border. So it's going to be quite daunting. The question that we are all asking ourselves is what ability the administration is going to have to process all of those people that are coming in, and whether that is going to result actually in an increase of people in the United States. And so we should probably see an increase in people arriving to Chicago. Wow.
0: Well, Elvia, I mentioned Mayor Lightfoot declaring that state of emergency over this um, migrant crisis. Does it open up any state or federal dollars to help with the issue?
1: Yeah, um, with the order, the city can request more funds from the state. Um, we know that already FEMA last week approved that the city will be getting $4 million. Um Governor Pritzker's office said that. Um, the state was already providing the city with $30 million in addition to funding some organizations that are doing some case management work for folks that are in the city-run shelters. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know that the city council budget committee also just earmarked $51 million. Um, but we also know that this emergency order opens up the possibility of like, For example, the city requesting the manpower of the National Guard to come in. Um, But we know that has not happened yet because the city and the state has confirmed that that request has not been made.
0: City Council deliberated for two hours about moving uh, some $51 million to to feed and house migrants in, in Chicago. You know, some older person said that that money could be better spent on Chicagoans. What did members say exactly?
1: Yeah, we know that this um, rhetoric has kind of come up a lot because we do have a substantial population of unhoused folks. Um, But Lori Lightfoot, Mayor Lori Lightfoot, kind of pushed back on that, and she said that she was going to send them a copy of the budget to see how the city has um, allocated funds in it as well to um, try to address some of those long-existing issues here in Chicago.
0: Yeah. What are your thoughts on that, Elena?
2: Well, I think that the challenge that the city has is that there are there are a lot of needs and so really to address xenophobia, the resources have to be used smartly for everyone who is in need in the city. And that of course is a very challenging task with demands thinking projects creatively, so that there isn't this feeling that Either newcomers are being assisted or Chicagoans in need are being assisted. We need to think holistically and address the needs of the population. Right. And that's definitely true. Yes a and. Like, exactly. We can take care yes, of both.
0: <laughs> exactly. you can take care of both. I mean, Mayor Lightfoot's argued this is a national challenge that
2: requires a national solution. Do you agree? Absolutely. I agree. And I think that that's the the framework that we need everyone to understand about what this effort uh, undertakes. And this is not only an effort in Chicago, but it's also an effort in many other cities in the country. And we have to be mindful of that.
0: Mm -hmm. So what solution specifically do you want to see local, state, and federal officials work toward?
2: I think there is a housing challenge, a very important housing challenge for poor people that needs to be addressed, for instance, and that this is a this is a, a daunting task, but needs, we need to identify how people can obtain housing if they do not have a credit record, how to assist people living in poverty who really struggle to pay rent every month. We need to find better solutions to the housing crisis. That's number one. In terms of people coming in, there is a need to make sure that they can work as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. So the six-month wait for them to apply for a work authorization is a specific problem that could be addressed but also we need to find paths for those people to come in and find jobs there's also a need for workers we need to create those connecting paths mm. between workers and jobs
0: are you hearing a lot of complaints about that the not being able to find work
2: there there is a struggle yes because on the other hand we're also we also know that now e-verify exists which is a system to make sure that people have a work authorization or a social security number and I think that we are also observing uh, those other challenges so we need to connect those newcomers that do not know the city also ask ourselves what they are being placed and how far they are from those potential jobs it's really a planning it's an understanding of the city and those and of those very specific social needs yeah
0: how do you feel about how the Biden administration has handled immigration policy thus far, especially as we're moving closer to this 2024 election?
2: In our opinion, the biggest mistake was not to address the narrative challenge after the Trump administration. The Biden administration needed to take on a challenge to demonstrate how immigration is a strength of the U.S., how migrants contribute and make this country better, how we are not a threat. And if that a narrative battle had taken place, we would not be in the point, at the point where we are today, where there is a sense that there is a competition on the one hand, which is, I think, a, a very important problem, and the second, that we do not represent a threat, mm-hmm. but that we can be a force for good, a force for growth for the United States, as we have been in the past. Which mm-hmm. We seem to have forgotten that.
0: So the narrative needs yes. to have shifted. mm mm-hmm. Elvia, what kind of support has, has uh, Mayor Lightfoot said that she's looking for specifically?
1: I think funding has been the number one it's thing money. Yeah. that the city has asked for because there is this space crunch in that they don't have um, enough space to house everyone. And that's a costly process because you have to like hire people to not only house them, but also to like have workers within these facilities. So I think that's one of the number one things, even to just, provide basic things like food, um, medical care, things like that. Um, So that seems to be one of the biggest things. And we know that many Chicagoans across Chicago are already sort of doing their part and buying folks food, um, buying clothes, medicine, whatever they can get their hands on to help out.
0: I imagine, Helena, many migrants who are already here in this city and, and those who are crossing the U.S.-Mexico border, they're going to need help with their asylum applications, right? So what do they need to know about how long that process could take?
2: At this point, if they are in Chicago, it will take them four years for their hearing. Four years? And that is, that is a legal challenge in itself. The ability for someone to remember what happened so many years ago. It to be able to give a detailed account of what happened, to find and maintain the evidence that they have that they perhaps surely did not bring with them because of the risks of getting to the U.S. Mm-hmm. is very challenging. And it also uh, is a challenge to obtain legal representation. The chances of winning an asylum case increase significantly if you have legal representation than if you don't. And that's uh, another big and important element in this case. Many cases are also successful when there are expert witnesses. And so academics also play play a role here. Okay, Describing and saying, yes, these are the conditions in the country. This is true. This does happen. And this is what I know as a result of my research.
0: And I mean, I think it's worth reiterating. We talked before about Title 42 ending today and then sort of the, the, the issue that it creates with President Biden releasing this new set of rules ahead of the end of that policy, that now requires migrants to to apply for asylum online before they cross uh, the border. I mean, what other complications can come from that?
2: The biggest challenge is that they're going to be doing credible fear interviews over the phone, immediately after they cross the border, with very little understanding of what they are doing, but with significant consequences for their safety and their well-being. If they do not speak English, there's going to be an interpreter also on the phone line. And that also represents a huge challenge. It's particularly important with indigenous languages because there are many variants of the languages. Mm -hmm. So the person is afraid and has to be able to articulate well a story. And it's somehow over the phone, over the phone. And you need to make sure that the interpreter understands what you mean. Right. So it is indeed quite inhumane, if you will. Wow. Well,
0: Elvia, I mean, certainly no shortage of things for you to cover here as as this story continues to develop. What what else are you going to look out for, especially in the next few weeks as officials really try to manage the crisis in Chicago?
1: Yeah. I mean, on the national level, we'll see how the end of Title 42 and these new asylum rules plays out. But I think here, we're also in the middle of a transition where we'll have a new administration coming in. um, So Mayor-elect Brandon Johnson will officially be mayor as of next week and we'll we'll really be looking out to see if there's any changes in terms of the strategy of um, how to deal with this crisis. And of course, always like trying to follow what ends up happening to all these folks that we're seeing at the police stations, at shelters, and if they are able to get any kind of stability here in Chicago.
0: We'll leave it there for now. Elvia Malagon is a social justice and wage gap reporter for the Chicago Sun-Times. And Helena Olea is the associate director of programs at Alianza America. Thank you so much.
1: Thank Thank you. you.